0: Hey guys, welcome to part two of our Jonah series here on the College Age Movement Podcast. I hope you had a chance to listen listen in to part one or that you were able to uh, be here on Tuesday night. Um, So tonight we're gonna be talking about the second chapter in the book of Jonah. And we're just gonna continue this story and walk through it. And uh, last week we talked about how Jonah was called to the city of Nineveh And he was called to preach against it in all of their sinful ways. And and God had that specific call to him. He spoke directly to Jonah. And Jonah decided to actually not only disobey, but he decided to run in the complete opposite direction. He boarded a ship uh, bound for this city called Tarshish, which geographically was actually as far away from Nineveh as he could possibly get. And he gets on there, and this storm comes about and actually takes... Uh, over this boat and it's going to, it's threatening to destroy the entire ship. And the sailors are like, what are we supposed to do? And he says, throw me overboard and the sea will grow calm. So they throw him overboard and the sea grows calm. So we're going to pick up in the last verse of chapter one and then into the entire chapter of Jonah chapter two. And we're just going to read all the way through that. And then I want to jump back in and grab a couple points out of some key verses that I think are still very applicable to us today. So now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah and Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Verse 1 of chapter 2, from inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God. He said, in my distress, I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead, I called for help, and you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the depths, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me. The deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down, the earth beneath barred me in forever. But you, Lord my God, brought my life up from the pit. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to the worthless idols turn away from God's love for them, but I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed I will make good, I will say salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded the fish... And it vomited jo- Jonah onto dry land. So that is uh, chapter two of Jonah, and I just want to point out that God is good. Uh, the story of Jonah is is just a direct, direct representation of God being a God of second chances. Like this story could be so much different if it ended after chapter one. Like Jonah disobeyed, God had him killed. Justice. Don't be like Jonah. The end. But luckily for Jonah and for you and I, there is more to this story. And last week we talked about this idea of of Jonah not only disregarding the call of God, but also actually running in the completely opposite way. And we see the result of, of that is Jonah getting thrown overboard and swallowed by a large fish. So the first point is this, is that results are the product of an action. Results are the product of an action. We have all taken actions that result in us being somewhere that we do not want to be. We have all gotten ourselves in trouble of some sort. Like as you're sitting there and you're thinking about that, you can say like, yeah, I remember that time and that time and that time. I know that I can. And Jonah is sitting in this belly of a fish, and I can guarantee you that it isn't a place that he, one, wanted to be or, two, thought he would be. But know this, that just like Jonah, we are often defined by the way, we re- the way that we react two results. You see, no part of Jonah wanted to be where he was at, but he understood that this was an opportunity for him to react to God. And I, my prayer is that maybe we would become a people that understand that concept, that that every everything that happens in our lives, every action that has been taken towards us is an opportunity for us to react to to it. I think that such a, a, a valid and incredible point is that the belly of the whale wasn't an ideal place to be, but was absolutely an ideal place to learn. I just want to say that one more time that the belly of the whale wasn't an ideal place to be, but it was an ideal place to learn. So, why was Jonah in the belly of the whale for three days? I think, simply put, God was giving him time to learn. That The belly of the whale not being an ideal place to be was the perfect place for him to learn that, that hard situations are where we grow the most. Difficult times are where we have to grow or we stay in the cyclical thing where we never can get out of the hard situation. If we grow, though, if we're intentional about growing and becoming stronger and becoming better, that we will get out of that cyclical thing, and we will we will remove ourselves from those hard situations. But if in that, on the outside of that situation, looking back at it, I we'll always say, "Oh my gosh, look at how much I learned through that." So some of us are sitting here, and we're saying, "Like, yeah, but like, I just don't understand why I've been in this certain season of my life for such a long time." And in in my charge to you or my idea to you, something that I just want to present to you is that maybe God is giving you an opportunity to learn. I think collectively, just as a people, we're so impatient with circumstances. If we're in a good place, we want it to last forever. And if we're in a bad place, we want it to end immediately. But but can I just pose this thought to you that maybe God is less concerned with the good or the bad, and is more concerned about the growth. You see, we collectively can probably handle the conclusion that life is not just a series of mountaintop highs. Like, not everything is gravy all the time. It's awesome. And maybe it's a little bit harder, but most of us can probably accept the fact that life is not just a series of of valleys either life isn't the pits all the single time life's kind of more like a roller coaster and we've got highs and we've got lows and we've got long straightaways and far drops and then we've got hills to climb and all of those things that happen like we, we can probably collectively uh, engage with that and agree with that and say that yeah life's not always bad life's not always good life is just up and down and I think it's even harder for us to realize that there are lessons to be learned at every single one of those points upon the roller coaster that is life. That at the, at the mountaintops of our, our lives, there are lessons to be learned, absolutely. And we need to be intentional about learning in those moments. And then at the at the valleys, we need to say like, hey, like I do not want to be here. I do not want to be in this valley. I do not want to be at this low point in my life. But there's something to learn here. And maybe what I learn at this low point in my life will help me avoid ever being at this low point again. Like We have to understand that there are always lessons to be learned at every point along the journey. And if we can understand that, our whole perspective changes, and because of that, our entire life changes as well. And Jonah learned a lot in the belly of the whale, and you and I can learn a lot when we find ourselves in less than desirable situations. So let's be super intentional about doing that. And then as we go on, Jonah displays some of his revelations through his prayer um, in this chapter that we already read. So I just want to grab a couple of those verses and then just point out some key points. Uh, In verse 2 of chapter 2, it says this. It says that, uh, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From deep in the realm of the dead I called for help, and you listened to my cry. So this point is pretty simple. It's just this. is call upon the Lord. You see, Jonah knew that his situation was a direct result of his disobedience, but he prayed anyway. He knew it. He knew that, that he was in the belly of the whale. There was no question. That this wasn't just like happenstance, like, oh my gosh, this big storm came. I said it was God, but I didn't fully believe that. I told them to throw me off the boat. They actually did. I didn't really want them to do that. And then this huge fish swallowed me and I'm still alive in the belly of the whale. Like that was not happenstance. That wasn't chance. That wasn't irony. That was God being specific. So he knew that his situation was a direct result of his disobedience, and then he prayed anyway. And I love that. I love that he prayed anyway, that messy, broken Jonah in his disobedience and in his situation knew that he was supposed to pray. And I think that we can learn so much from that. I think that we all get into situations where, like, I can't even pray about this because I know that this, I knew what I was doing wrong. I did it anyway, and it feels weird for me to pray about it now. But that's absolutely what God wants us to do. He wants us to enter into conversation. And I think God also wants us to do what Jonah did. And Jonah repented. He repented. And I don't know about you guys, but I hate that word uh, so much. I feel like the word repent means it's just like archaic and it feels so harsh, like repent. And it's not this this scary thing like I feel like I make it out to be that the, the longer we look at this word we, we see so much beauty in it it's obviously an admission of wrongdoing and Jonah's participating in that but he is also doing something that is so interesting when we look at a situation directionally you see in biblical times when the Roman army used this word repent It was directly directly translated as an about face. That means a 180 degree turn that not only was Jonah saying like, hey, I admit that I did something wrong. He was saying, hey, I admit that I did something wrong and now I'm going to go the opposite way. And directionally, Jonah was trying to go the opposite way already. He was leaving as far away from Nineveh as he could possibly get to get to the city of Tarshish. And so I think it's really interesting that this idea of repenting and this idea of taking taking a 180 degree turn happens in the story of Jonah. When we just look at it directionally, it's really, really funny that uh, God would, would have this situation where Jonah is actually saying, okay, I was going one way and now I actually have to go the complete other way to follow what God was asking me to do. So as we're looking at our situations, my prayer would be that we do not just recognize and admit that we are doing things wrong, but that we would be a people who then start to do what is right. That whatever direction we're heading in that would go against the call of God, we would not only stop and say, hey, this isn't where I'm supposed to be going, but that we would turn around, we would make that 180 degree turn and that we would head towards the call that God has on our lives. That we would head towards Jesus himself. And then in verse 8, of chapter two, it says this, it says, those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. Those who cling to worthless idols turn away from God's love for them. So question I want to ask is what are we worshiping? What are we worshiping? It could be easy to look at this verse and think that Jonah is talking about the people of Nineveh, because they're the ones who are sinning in this situation. Uh, They're the ones that God has called them to go preach against. Like They're living an idolatrous life, and so we think of idolatrous life, and we think of idols, and he starts to talk about idols, but really he's talking about himself. There's nothing contextually, and there's nothing in the tone of this uh, psalm to God that would indicate that he's starting to talk about somebody else. He wouldn't talk about, talk about himself for seven verses, then all of a sudden for one sentence talk about somebody else, and then go back into talking about himself. No, he's talking about himself the entire time. You see, Jonah recognized something within himself, that he may not have been worship, worshiping other things with his hands, but he was with his heart. He wasn't worshiping other things with his hands, but he was with his heart. His pride came before, before his obedience to God. I mean, how many of us can can relate with that? Can our can our pride get in the way of our obedience to God? Absolutely. It's happened for me time and time and time again. And if you're honest with yourself, it's probably happened with you as well. But as followers of Jesus, we're supposed to be focused on eternity, right? Focused on Jesus. But it is it is too easy to find our eyes wandering to other things. Jonah allowed his eyes to get off of God, off of the value of people, and onto his own agenda, and onto his own plan, and onto his own pride. And I think it's a reminder for us to always keep our eyes on Jesus, keep our eyes forward, keep our eyes on what God has called us to, and that is making sure that as many people as we possibly know know the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus. So in a world where it's so easy to let our eyes wander to other things, we need to make sure that we're always worshiping Jesus, that as we prioritize the things in our lives, Jesus would always be at the top, because if we can make sure that Jesus is at the top of our priority list, then everything else just seems to fall into place, that Jesus should always be number one, people should always be number two, and all of our own feelings and all of our own agendas and all of those things should fall into distant, like 58th place because God comes first people come second and we need to always be loving God and loving people see Jonah made a mistake because he started to idolize his hearts and his desires and it led to a running of his feet that everything that was happening internally turned into something that happened externally and that was him physically running from God I think that it's really important that we understand that God created human beings to be worshipful We will always worship something. We just will. There will be things in our lives that we worship, and that needs to be Jesus. Like we already said, prioritize. Put God on that pedestal that deserves worship, and let everything else fall to the side. Because if we focus on Jesus, everything else falls into place. So one of the the things that I would suggest for you this week is spend some time thinking about what it is that you worship. Is it money? Is it possessions? Is it a romantic relationship? Is it a friendship? Is it sports? Like, what is it? Like, what is it that we spend the most time thinking about, the most time obsessing over? And if it's not Jesus, then we need to reevaluate ourselves, and we need to make sure that what we worship is Jesus. And then lastly, I want to look at verse 9 of chapter 2. It says, but... I, with shouts of grateful praise, will sacrifice to you. What I have vowed, I will make good. I will say salvation comes from the Lord. So the last point is this, is just this idea of grateful praise. God can absolutely be a God of justice, but let's never forget about his mercy. You see, the craziest thing about this story isn't that Jonah was preserved in the belly of a fish for three days. The craziest thing is that God allowed the fish to be there in the first place. Like it wasn't just about him preserving Jonah's life. Like, he could have just let him be been thrown overboard and die. But instead, he provided this fish to swallow a man and to sustain life inside of it for three days. Like God is absolutely a God of second chances. And we need to have grateful praise of that, that that he is not just a God of justice, but that he's willing to give us grace and mercy even when we run away from him. And in this story, Jonah was grateful that he was given the chance to follow God's call again. And I think that we should be too. I think that we should understand that God has given us chance after chance after chance, opportunity after opportunity after opportunity, and we've probably said no way too many times, but God isn't a God who's going to give up on us. That he's willing to give us another chance, and that's an amazing amazing thing, and we should always have grateful praise for that. So it doesn't matter how many times we've run from the call of God. He's more than willing to give us opportunities, and that should be met with grateful praise. Thank you so much for tuning in again to part two of this Jonah series. Uh, We will be back soon with part three. We love you guys, and we hope to see you soon.